Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. You got it. Oh, Pretty Scary Boo. Yeah, you're scary right. Pretty Scary Boo. That's the yes, one. That's the one. I'm Adam it's Todd us. Brown. You must be Caitlin Cutt. I, also, right again. Pleased to meet you. It's so great to finally meet you. Caitlin, how's it going? Oh, so great. I am on day two of a hangover from three glasses of wine. So that's nice. Uh, shout out to everybody over 35 listening to this show. <laughs> It's not as easy as it used to be. All these youngins listening. Oh, you got so much to look forward to. Your body just stops helping you. It sure does. It's too depressing. Speaking of depressing. We're talking about some shit today. Oh, man. People have probably heard the name by now. We're talking about the long and winding tale of Alex Murdaugh. More like it's Alex. crazy. More like Alex Murder. Well, what's the other thing Maybe. that's interesting that I like about this story is no one can agree on how to pronounce this last name. It's got to be Murdaugh. It's well, locally, it's Murdoch. That's the way they say it. Pass. No way. I'm just I'm putting it yeah. out there. I, I so we really want to fucking guy Murdoch this whole episode. No, no, no. Murdoch. <laughs> Murdoch. No, Murdoch. Murdoch. It's a different it's a different emphasis, not Murdoch. Murdoch. No, I'm going to call him Murdoch. I didn't think you would. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. So people, okay. when you hear me say Murdoch, I mean, I guess we can Murdoch. I'm telling you that other Murdoch. podcast about it may be very self-conscious. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole podcast about the Alex Murdoch. Murdoch case that uh what's it called the murdog murders murdog now i'm gonna be self-conscious about this the whole show how do you think i feel i listened to that entire podcast and i got lectured by that lady the narrator it's a podcast you can listen to if if you want uh the minute by minute account of a story that goes back to 2015 by all means enjoy it's It's fun. The content itself. I don't want to say anymore. Just let me know your thoughts. Uh, Let's just move on from this whole bit. Let's just go. Because I don't want to be an asshole. Yeah, we don't don't want to be an asshole. We'll link to where you can hear that podcast, which is very out of character for me. Also, there's a local South Carolina news outlet called WJCL that has also done a whole lot of really good reporting. WJCL. I don't know if that's their jingle, but it feels like it is. WJCL, this guy murdered some people. Or did he? Is he, I don't know if he's the it's, one doing the murders. I'm telling you, this is like full-blown Coen Brothers insanity. This is dumb people trying to get away with high-level shit, and it's not going to end well. I mean, no. it already hasn't ended well for four people, but... It's just going to continue to not end well for him specifically. Five people, right? Five people. No, yeah. you're right. It is five people. Yeah. Five, five people, dead people connected to this family. Yeah. And if you count people who've gone to jail, six people. It's such a, it's, it's so toxic. These people, it's like the worst that home goods has to offer. It, it's, this has to be a thing where they just have a bunch of power and influence in it, the area. To, yeah, basically to kind of set the stage, this family, the patriarch, the current patriarch of this family is part of three generations of the legal system in this one county. 
Yes. It's a hundred years of power that this one family has held. I mean, I, not to jump ahead, but no, but that but, sets the stage. That's a wild thing to think about. Yeah, they've they've been lawyering up for a long time. I love the name of the guy's law firm. We'll get to that a little oh, later. It's, it's gold. One thing to know, though, the median income in this area for most of the people in this county is $30,000 for the household. Jeez, it's not a lot. It's not. So to have a lot of power in an area with people that are that below the line, it, it explains a lot. So I just wanted to pop that in there because I think that that's important to think about as you as we untangle or unwind this story because how they got away with things that they've gotten away with you have to be the most powerful family in town i guess that's the only way to explain it are you implying that the criminal justice system is somehow rigged against people without money caitlin because i didn't come Um, here for slander of um, 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 our perfect american justice system I'm going to say this. I didn't say that. That's true. You actually didn't say that in retrospect. So So that's what I'm going to, that's all I'm going to say about that is nothing. (laughs) So this story, I didn't even realize until it hit the news just this year. This story goes back to 2015, which is entirely too long, to be honest. It's literally a different world when you think about the world we were in in 2015. It starts with the death of 19-year-old Stephen Smith. And this is strange. This is a very, this, this case by itself is all of them, worthy all three of, of them. Yeah. Because what happened with Stephen Smith, he was found dead in the middle of a road with a seven and a quarter inch gaping hole in the side of his head. So paramedics show up, South Carolina highway patrol shows up and they, for one, one of the guys who shows up says it looks like this body was placed here as opposed to have him having been hit. And most of the cops who arrive are convinced that this was a homicide, you know, on account of the giant gaping hole in his head and no other injuries, which not even a bruise. Like it's a, you get hit by a car and there's not even a bruise. If there's no sign of a struggle, his shoes are on, which is super, super important because if you get hit by a car, for example, physics, basic physics, your shoes are not staying on. Yeah. That's especially if you get hit in the head hard enough to have a seven inch gaping hole. Other thing to keep in mind is this, this guy, this young guy was an openly gay male in South a gnarly Carolina. part of our country. Yeah. So, like there's no other way around that. And there's no, um, there are no fragments or any found in his face or anywhere else. So it, there's no like shattered taillight or mirror fragment, nothing anywhere. Right. No other signs of a car accident, right. just a dead person laying in the middle of the road. Hampton County coroner, Ernie Washington showed up at the scene at one point And he tells one of the officers, he thinks it was homicide. They found Smith's car around three miles away from where his body was found, which is also very strange. Yeah. So shady three miles away. I think they said like, Oh, well, I think the theory is that he ran out of gas and he was walking home. No gas tank. Yeah. So what's the plan here? Like to carry it in his hand and three miles. That's a long walk at night. That would take a while. That's 12 laps around a track. Like you're not going to do that quick. That's an hour. Yeah. And one thing I found weird is when they talk about the car, they said the, the battery was working, the car was operable, but it wouldn't start. 
It's like, did you even check to see if it had gas? Can you at least tell us why it wouldn't start? Well, I think the lack of reporting on these things is because the highway patrol was like, this is a homicide. This is not our shit. Like, this shouldn't be on us to look into. (laughs) Right. This this should be a detective, (laughs) you know? But then there is an autopsy performed by a Dr. Erin Presnell, and uh, she somehow determines the cause of death was blunt head trauma caused by a motor vehicle crash. And when these cops ask her about it and ask why she made that determination, she's like, oh, you know, because a body was found in the road. It's like that citation needed. Like a body could be found in the road without it being a car accident. Yeah. It's just a good reminder that at every level of society, there are people who are shitty at their jobs. Like that doesn't stop when you get like beyond whatever office job you're working in your life. Take comfort in knowing that goes all the way to the top. It's such an important reminder because apathy and just, you know, holding the line gets in the way of so much closure for people when it comes to these unsolved homicides. It's wild. Apathy and a... An absolute refusal to admit you're wrong. You see that a whole lot in stuff like this where Mm -hmm. like uh, someone's clearly innocent and that prosecutor is still going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I think I might have got it right. It's like everyone knows you got it wrong. You dipshit. Just be nice. Just be nice. Be nice. Be nice to people. Hey, coroner. Yeah. Be nice when you're autopsying someone. So Stephen Smith's family rejects this ruling. And eventually, a man who claims to be Smith's boyfriend, the family rejects that part, too. They Yeah, let's use quotations around boyfriend. Are they saying their son definitely wasn't gay or that no. just this guy wasn't no. the boyfriend? They, they don't, my, my read on it has been that the mom was like, yeah, he was gay, but they just basically don't like this guy for some reason. I think he yeah. was much old. He's much older than Stephen. The other thing I want to note is Stephen is not found wearing headphones. I, I think this is incredibly important because unless you're wearing headphones and you're alone on a road in the middle of the night, how are you going to get hit by a car? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It wouldn't so if, happen. if he was wearing headphones, I'd be like, okay, so that's a bummer. I could see how that would happen, but he's not. Yeah. And his, his mom makes it clear that he's not the type of person who would just walk down the middle of the road at night, which uh, that tracks. Cause I think most people are not the type who would just walk down the, dead middle of the road late at night. And he was, this kid wasn't stupid. He was, he was a, he was training to be a nurse. Like this is not like somebody that's a checked out individual. He had plans to go help young kids overseas, get medical treatment. Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah. He was a good egg. He was a good Good egg. egg. So then a really weird thing happens there. Well, first, eventually this man comes forward who claims to be Stephen Smith's boyfriend. And he says Stephen Smith was being harassed on the night he died by, quote, rednecks in a big truck with big mud tires, which I don't doubt that in South Carolina. Sounds like a country song. It sure does. Smith's family is real skeptical of all this. And they're even more skeptical after this lawyer just out of the blue calls them and is like, hey, you got a lawyer? If not, I'll be your lawyer. And Uh the name of that lawyer, Randy Murdoch, Murdoch, which uh, that gets even weirder 
because shortly after that guy calls and offers to be their lawyer, which they're weirded out by, one of the family members leaves the house for the first time since Stephen Smith died, and she goes to the store, and people are coming up to her at the store saying, hey, we know who killed Stephen. It's a kid named Buster Murdoch, which, uh... That's a strange coincidence because Randy Murdoch is Buster Murdoch's uncle. And he just out of the blue calls the family and offers to be their lawyer about a day before they hear that maybe one of his kin committed this murder. One of the tips police get is that, and this actually sounds possible, that there were three dudes in a truck who are driving and they see Stephen Smith walking down the road. They turn around and drive back to fuck with him stick something out the window, it ends up hitting him in the head. And that's how he dies. Yeah, he gets hereditary. Yeah, which if yeah that's the case, that would explain pretty much everything about why it doesn't look like a usual car accident. Uh, because it wasn't. It was murder. It's like a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I think it, Yeah, I think it sounds like a baseball bat to me. Yeah. And uh, I have no doubt that those three were drunk. And uh, I don't know if they thought that wasn't going to do that much damage, but of course it's going to, you could just hit him without being in a car and it's going to do a lot of damage. Who knows? Listen, ma'am, I I understand that you just lost your son, but let's keep things in perspective. These young boys were just trying to have a good time. Boys will be boys, man. They will be boys. And every now and then their homophobic tendencies will get the best of them. And they're going to pick up a baseball bat, drive on down the road in a pickup truck and kill your son. Now, I can understand why you're upset, but let's be logical about this. If you were in my situation, what would you do? You can't ruin a boy's life just because he took another boy's life. It's just an accident. (laughs) And what's interesting is the person who gives this tip at first doesn't want to tell the police who he heard did it. He doesn't want to say over the phone. So then they they meet this guy in person and the name he gives them, Buster Murdoch. (laughs) So naturally, the case just goes cold and nothing ever, nothing ever comes of Buster Murdoch possibly having committed this act, which uh, it seems like some sloppy investigative work. But well, it's, I, it's the rare instance where it's not the police. It's not the police doing shitty investigative work. It's the people above them who are. Well, exactly, because this is important to note that. Mr. Murdoch was the county solicitor. So the county solicitor out there is basically like the DA. So this is a lawyer who's in in like embedded in the police force out there. So everybody's right. jobs are dependent on this person. It's it's completely insane that it's set up that way out there. It shouldn't be that way. So that's the first thing that happens in this case. The case still has not been solved. The, that's a cold case. The case of Stephen Smith. It does get reopened at one point. Which we'll we'll get to that. Well, it's so nice that though, like if you think about it, there aren't any other murders connected to. Oh wait, oh, I just realized wait. that's why we're doing this whole episode. Mm, Let's go. We'll, yeah, this next murder or death happened in 2018, but it didn't really come up until now when all of this other stuff has started happening. It involves the family housekeeper, the Murdoch family housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield died under mysterious circumstances. She had been their housekeeper for 25 years, died as a result of injuries sustained in a trip and fall accident in a home owned by the Murdoch family. But her cause of death was listed as natural. And that's not how you list a slip and fall death. You don't list that as natural causes. It does if you're trying to keep people from suing their employer. 
the yeah. family from suing the employer. That sh- it sure does. That's exactly how you list it. But it gets mm. even weirder because cool. according to Satterfield's family, they claim that Alex Murdoch came to them and was like, hey, I'm responsible for this. So what I'm going to do is have my law firm sue me so we can pay you a settlement through my insurance. And the family, I guess, agrees to this and they're awarded a $500,000 settlement and they don't get any of that money. You mean that this individual wasn't personally insured in order by, at, <laughs> in a way that would cover I did think a that, lawsuit like that? Weird. I did think that was very strange, just that whole arrangement, because the family could have just been like, no, we'll just sue you then. Now that you've told us that. But again, they probably don't have the resources to launch something like that. And what do you do? Do you go to the Murdoch family law firm and ask them? I I cannot wait till we get to the acronym for the Murdoch family law firm. We're not there yet. And I I just can't wait. It's really it's really wonderful. It's why we need a panel of eighth graders for everything before we name anything. Yeah. Before you. Yeah. Before you decide to go with that acronym. Anything. You just just bring pool. Just bring a set of eighth graders, doesn't matter what gender, just bring them in, run it by them, give them 10 minutes. If they can't think of anything, you've got a good name. Yeah, exactly. But that, anyway, we'll get there. Just want to keep people engaged, Adam. I want to keep people listening to the whole episode. <laughs> I want to get people ready for what's coming. Be prepared. Which is uh, more deaths, like Mallory Beach. This is so sad. I mean, they're all sad, but this is like... Yeah, this one This one is very sad. Happened in 2019, February 23rd of 2019. Alex Murdoch's son, Paul, meets up with five friends, one of them being a girl named Mallory Beach. They uh, go to an oyster roast at a friend's house. I've never... Is that a thing? I've never been to an oyster roast. Sounds like some South Carolina shit. Yeah, I got questions, but let's just keep going. None of the questions matter. Yeah. They arrive at that roast by boat around 7.30 p.m. And the group left around 12, 11 a.m. Setting course for a bunch of waterfront bars at Henry Chambers Waterfront Park, where they arrived around 12.49 a.m. Caitlin, ever been to a waterfront bar? No, that sounds lovely, though, to be honest with you. When I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, there was a bar... I can't remember the name of it, but it had crab in the name. And uh, you could access it by car. You could just uh, walk up and go through the door. Or you could uh, pull your boat around back That's because so it was fun. right on a river. That's and neat. I like that. So they do some shots. At they do some shots. This waterfront bar. Underage. All of these kids are underage. Correct. All of them. They leave this waterfront bar after doing some shots. They leave at 1.17 a.m. at... 2.21 a.m., the boat plows into a bunch of dolphin pilings, which are those those uh, big sticks that come up out of the water? I, I have no idea. I I'm not yeah. a river person. I don't know. But it's... What if it was just a pile of dolphins? I don't know. It's a weird story. It's totally possible. Yeah. Just a pile of dolphins. They they So they run into a pile of dolphins. I think I just wrote it down wrong. It's not dolphin pilings. It's a pile of dolphins. Pile, clearly, that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. And three people in the group are thrown from the boat. Two of them are able to make it back to shore. Mallory Beach is one of those three people. She is the one who does not make it back to the shore. Uh, They don't find her body for days, by the way. Yeah, it's like eight days before they find her. Yeah. uh, She must have died like six days. Six days later, they found her. Sorry. And uh, spoiler, she was dead by the time they found her. Everybody, she didn't survive those six days. Real dead. 
But before she's found, and immediately after the accident, or shortly after the accident, not immediately, a 911 call is made. And while everyone else is freaking out about Mallory being missing, Paul Murdoch is concerned about one thing and one thing only, contacting his lawyer grandfather, Randolph Murdoch. That's a ominous name. You got mm-hmm. Randolph in your name, some weird shit's going to go down. Yeah, if you got a Randolph in your family, you got generational wealth, probably. Yeah, that's the only way you get away with being a Randolph. Otherwise, everyone's calling you Randy. Yeah, Randy or Randall. Yeah, nobody's calling Randolph Randy in this family. That's not happening. I know mm-hmm. that. So when the group makes its way to the hospital, Paul is met there by his father and his grandfather. He's reportedly very confident. I don't know if confrontational is the right word with police and the people asking questions, he's but blackout drunk. Like there's that. Yeah, he is not kind of drunk. He's got an alter ego that that they have for him. All of his friends call it's like Tyler or something like that. Timmy comes out some awful frat situation, but he would get blackout drunk and everybody knew that this alter ego would come out. And sure enough, after he kills this poor girl in a boating accident, he's still super loaded by the time he gets to the police department. Right. Actually, I don't even think he goes to the police department. I think he's he's what it's city hall or something like that. It's bizarre. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you got he's not lawyers. treated like a normal person who just killed somebody in a DUI at right. all, his mugshot is him standing in the hallway and it was taken by an iPhone. That seems on the up and up. It's unreal. What else are they going to use? Official police equipment? Come on, Caitlin. They probably don't even have any of that out there. Yeah, it's probably got to do with him showing up with two lawyers in tow <laughs> and then probably just being like, hey, arrest him if you want to ask questions. And uh, so he gets arrested and charged with uh, boating under the influence resulting in great bodily harm and death. And I think he gets two other charges, too. And but that's uh, it. Nothing else happens. Right. Nothing else happens, but there's a reason. There's a there's a reason why nothing else happens to the. I mean, something else happens to him. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, not uh, related to this case because uh, Paul Murdoch is currently awaiting trial. Correction: He was awaiting trial. Ouch. This is the most interesting part of this story to me, mostly because police have come out and said they don't think Alex Murdoch is a person of interest in these murders. Uh, Whoops, let it out. In uh, June 2021, which was very, very recently, Alex Murdoch discovered the bodies of his wife, Maggie, 52, and son, Paul, 22, dead on the property of their family home, both dead of multiple gunshot wounds, which, uh, what a twist. What a a turn of events in this family's life. So now we're up to five dead people. And it's so strange because I feel like, you know, you and I watch all of these news cycles move over and over again. And the first three acts of this story, however tragic, are not surprising to us that this connected family is literally getting away with murder after murder. The karmic resolution of this story, however, is something I'm not accustomed to. It's 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 going to take more turns if. People Mm -hmm. are not familiar with this story. Uh, One, I'm surprised you're not familiar with this story, at least not uh, by now. I don't think people realize how many other layers there are to it. I didn't. I I, I think that on the outside, it looks it's strange that this lawyer's family was being targeted systematically by yada, yada, yada. And then you get into it and you realize how many people in this county this family has pissed off. Yeah, that's like 
that's there's the, a lot of people that want these people dead. <laughs> like it's not just that's the thing you know, about police saying Alex Murdoch isn't a person of interest, even yeah. though he's the one who called authorities to report the bodies and he called them around 10. And according to medical reports, these two died somewhere between nine and nine 30. So he's right there after it happens. And he's the one who calls and reports his, his family being found dead. And uh, there's not a lot of information about this yet because it just happened. But police have said they don't think Alex Murdoch is involved which is interesting because by saying this there is this implication that everybody in town understands that everyone multiple people in that town have a motive for killing this family and it's because of all the miscarriages of justice that this family is responsible for now no one's saying it that explicitly but that is the issue i mean it's you know you've got the stephen smith family you've got gloria's family You've got Mallory's family. And we know that this is a town where people are walking down the road and getting their head clobbered by random yahoos. I mean, yeah, this is this is not a subtle place to be. No. And you're right. There were there were so many people in town who had the proper motivation to commit this crime. And this is all we know. Yes. I mean, there might, I am positive that this family is responsible for other probably financial boons, we'll call them. Yes. In the, in the county. Uh, we just, we don't know. We, it's fascinating. Yeah. It, it is. It's really, really interesting. It, they sound like a family that probably didn't just start acting up in 2015. No way. This was so, I mean, actually it's a really, really good point. And it's something that is worth sitting on for a second because The way the community so quickly mobilized to protect this family from even this 2015 murder, um, we'll call it a murder, unsolved death, uh, shows how used to it they were. Right. Because they weren't sloppy about it. And and the way that that the Murdoch family created this bizarre payout lawsuit for this family that they never made good on. That's a that's a pretty quick decision. How how do you get good at doing that? Yeah, it's so interesting. It's 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 horrible. Like I I think about this mother and the last moments of her life. I can't. Yeah, it's I I, I, regardless. You love your child no matter what. It just is the fact. And that's that's the worst way to die, knowing that you're going to die and your child's going to die. I don't even. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think about it. They eventually found her phone along the side of a road south of the house, but they haven't found much else. Which is super mysterious. The other thing to note is the property was is huge. It's a very, yeah. very big property. And where they were found was what was called, I think it's the hunting lodge on the property. Yeah. So this is the kind of money we're talking about. It's we're not a boathouse, not a guest house. It's the hunting lodge. Yeah, it's like the Stephen Avery property from making a murderer, except but nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to being in a literal salvage yard. So uh, one of the, the details I thought was interesting is it seems like these two were killed with different weapons. So it's two people. Yeah. Paul Murdoch was shot with a shotgun. Maggie was shot with a semi-automatic rifle. And that could have been the same person because Paul was shot twice with a shotgun. And I, if my knowledge of shotguns is correct, you can load two rounds into those. Uh, So it might've been, they killed him with a shotgun and then pick up a semi-automatic rifle to kill Maggie. But then in that case, just use the rifle on both. Why are you getting fancy? Yeah. The semi-automatic. So it's two, I think it's two people. I, I, it just, who's like, 
a tastemaker here, like picking it's like a flight of guns that they're using to kill these people. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And you're in South Carolina. Just stop at the local convenience store and pick up a handgun if you need to do something like this. I'm sure they hand sell sanitizer them. and a handgun. Yeah. I'm sure they have roadside stands where you can pick one up. I'm sure they're everywhere. So, yeah, it does seem like it was two people. And that might be why police are convinced that it wasn't Alex Murdoch, but something's about to happen that makes it seem like, hey, maybe it was Alex Murdoch and another person because uh, he has shown a willingness to get up to some shenanigans. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. But this is the point where the Stephen Smith case is reopened, which I also find really interesting because if they're saying Alex Murdoch isn't a person of interest, but they're also opening a case that his family name comes up in a whole bunch. That leads me to believe they think the family maybe had something to do with the Stephen Smith murder. I don't know what would give them that idea. Maybe, I mean, it's gotta be something they found. Yeah. The name only comes up like 40 times in the initial investigation of Stephen Smith. So I don't know what prompted them now. I don't know. To start looking at detective work. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. top notch right up there so yeah they they reopen the stephen smith case and uh if we stop there the story would be plenty strange and probably worthy of a movie this is where it gets into coen brothers territory in my opinion officially all, all the rest of this crazy shit happened this month september 2021 as we're recording this first in early september News broke that Alex Murdoch resigned from his law firm. Here it comes. Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Elstroth, and Dietrich. The acronym they use, P-M-P-E-D, pimped or pumped. Uh, It could go either way. It's pimped. Yeah. I mean, for commercial purposes, I hope they're like, we're pumped to represent you. It sounds like a bad personalized license plate. Mm -hmm. Like somebody tried to pimp out their ride and those were the only letters available. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And it's gotta be like a seniority thing, but like, couldn't you have like just arrange, just let's swap, swap Murdoch and Elsroth. And you know, then it's just, uh, Adam, you know, me as a person that takes signs from the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're at a stage in your life where you're making partner at a law firm and your initial being added to the law firm is going to turn the law firm's acronym into pimped, you got to think about what you're doing with your life. Yeah, you, you're going to have to take a loss there. I know just, I know it's important to you to have your name earlier in the list, but think about it for a second. Like, is this really where you want to be? Is this the, the signal that you want to send out to everyone about how your law firm operates? Yeah, yeah there's there's some choices being made here just think about it just think about it i do love a law firm with a cool name when i i I used to spend a bunch of time in albuquerque and there were billboards for tiger motorcycle lawyers yes see just go that route just full flame i just picture calling them and like a tiger shows up on a motorcycle wearing a leather jacket and he's like roar i'm your lawyer uh and you're like oh cool i've been in a motorcycle accident And he goes, roar, we only handle family law and pulls off on his fucking motorcycle. And you're like, what? Put that on the sign, tiger. It's just like a really aggressively protective mom that shows up. (laughs) Tiger mom motorcycle. Tiger mom energy to your case. You'll definitely win. You won't enjoy it. Not even winning. No, you won't enjoy. But but you're going to win. You'll get there. You'll get there. So here's a quote from Pimped. 
the law firm that <laughs> Alex Murdoch worked for. His resignation came after the discovery by Pimped that Alex misappropriated funds in violation of Pimped standards and policies. A forensic accounting firm will be retained to conduct a thorough investigation. Law enforcement and the South, Car- South Carolina Bar have been notified by Pimped. This is disappointing news for all of us. Rest assured that our firm will deal with this in a straightforward manner. There's no place in our firm for such behavior. Due to the ongoing investigations into these matters and client confidentiality, Pimped cannot comment further at this time. I like how it's this is what it took for them to say, hey, maybe we should cut ties with this guy. Not the the trail of death and destruction that he's leaving Mm -hmm. in his wake. Relax. They're lawyers. They got to deal with death. But money. Money? You don't take Mm -hmm. money from us. You should never fuck with somebody's money. Ever. You can sully our good name. Just do not steal. Do not steal. Uh, I think, what do you, do you think he was trying to get insurance money from the wife's death? It seems that it's Looking way. Oh, like very dateliney at that moment. Yeah, even the Gloria Satterfield thing where he's like, because there was a settlement reached. They I just f- never paid it out. I feel like it's possible he got that money and just didn't ever give it to the family Ooh, he was supposed to give like it to. like Ponzi scheme energy. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Murder Peter to pay Paul. I... <laughs> Oh, um, I find it interesting, though, that this power dynamic for this law firm is going to drastically change because this like long genetic link to the power system in their county is no longer part of their legal team. Yeah, it it seems like the other Murdoch lawyers are not part of the firm anymore. Probably because they're old. Maybe everybody's just like ready to go now. Like now that they caught him in this, it's just. It's just the whole town is going to turn on this guy. Oh, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That's going to be fascinating. Because no matter how bad you want to defend a person, you can only do it up to a certain point. Well, see, here's the thing. So maybe this is where I become like a kind of a shitty person. The boating accident is an accident. That's an accident. Yeah. Did the kid get cushy treatment? Yes. Was he awaiting trial for that? Yeah, he was. So there's that. The other two deaths are so fishy and weird. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of mulling over the power dynamic shifting. It's pretty fascinating when you think about it, actually, because this whole town has just been stuck with this dynamic for so long and it's not there anymore. I've never understood the inclination to get away with something and then be like, well, I got away with that. I'm guessing I can just get away with anything now. Because me, if I got away with killing someone, I'd be like straight and narrow rest of my life. I fucking dodge that bullet. How about I start going to church? I think that's probably why you haven't killed anybody yet. That we know of. But also I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I I haven't killed anyone. Uh, Well, that's kind of my point. It's like you don't really have the proclivity to begin with. So you're not missing that part of your brain that goes, hey, major consequences if we go down this road. Even, you know, existentially, let's say we get away with if I killed somebody, I would just call the cops because I just wouldn't want to live with that for the rest of my life. I would just want everybody to know, just be like, all right. Yeah. Being a fugitive seems like the worst possible existence. I mean, going to prison would suck, but so would would having to live in Mexico. What's your quality of life? At that point, yeah. like this kid that's on the run right now for killing that poor girl in Wyoming. I'm, I think he's going to kill himself. I think he you know, probably already has. 
Yeah, I, I think I think that guy's going down. He's he's taken he just he's he took too many notes from the Chris Watts playbook on this one. Yeah, just, once once more comes out about that, we need to do an episode about that. Because also, uh, here's the most baffling thing. How did he think he was going to get away with that? I don't know. You're, I think he went into shock. Seriously. I, yeah. I, I, I've i said this before on this show. I'll say it again. Most murder is not planned. Most people, when they murder someone, it's the first time they've murdered someone. Right. So they're not, and they didn't plan on murdering anybody. So, yeah. you know, he went home to his mom and dad. He went to mommy and daddy. And whatever story he gave them, they bought because they're his parents. Right. And that's just the way this goes. Chris Watts did the same thing. He told his dad, oh, well, she killed the kids and then I had to kill her. That was the first story he gave his parents instead of just like, I'm a terrible monster human being. And you you failed his parents, by the way, because yeah, I'm your I'm the product of you. But I think I think they gave him a head start and then they which they're going to regret doing. Oh, for sure. Sorry, It's a whole other. That is so, literally a whole other pot. We'll get there. But anyway, anyway, I'm just coming back to, you know, people don't think they're capable of these things until they snap. And, right. you know, then there's two, they, they lacked the self-control in the first place. So they're just going to keep making mistakes. Yeah, that's true. You know, serial killers are a whole other league, right? You know, they got a, they got a plan. Yeah. They're the professional know? athletes of murder. <laughs> the rest of us are just playing pickup games at the, yeah, at the no, playground. We're, we're, regional league we're not yeah, even they're fucking we're not even premier league we've all been yeah. relegated to the lower leagues mm-hmm. here's a mm-hmm. quote from alex murdoch uh surrounding this story the murders of my wife and son have caused an incredibly difficult time in my life i've made a lot of decisions that i truly re- regret i'm oh, resigning God. from my law firm and entering rehab after a long battle that has <sighs> been exacerbated by these murders I am immensely sorry to everyone I've hurt, including my family, friends, and colleagues. I ask for prayers as I rehabilitate myself and my relationships. Aw, he saw we. He feels bad. That made me so angry to yeah. hear it read out loud. Yeah, anytime someone's like, oh, I just got to go to rehab, that's all. It's like, do you know how many people go to rehab without leaving a string of dead bodies behind them? Like, there's more to it than you having an opioid addiction. I just think in 20 years, we're going to look back on this wave of opioid addiction and see so much about how our country is where it is because of an opi- of the opioid epidemic. Oh, 100%. Now, all of these articles about his resignation included mm-hmm. a very weird detail. Yep. Here goes. This is a quote from one of the many articles uh, we'll link to. Alex Murdoch was airlifted to a hospital in Savannah, Georgia on Saturday after officials with the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, SLED, said he suffered a superficial wound to the head on Old Salkahatchee Road near Varnville. Ever been? Yeah, every every month. There's a great bait and tackle shop there. I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are. I, yeah. just, I didn't yeah. notice. At the time, a family spokesperson said Alex Murdoch was attempting to change a tire on the side of the road when a car pulled up and fired. And this is just mentioned in these articles as if it needs no further explanation. Just throw it in there as if it's any other minor detail in this story. Disemboweled himself in front of the cops. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh... It's not just another minor detail. Let's talk no. about that superficial head wound. This is the point where the story really became yep. nationwide news. Because shortly after news of Alex Murdoch's financial impropriety came to light, mm-hmm. he turned himself into authorities 
to face charges related to insurance fraud because as it turns out, he hired a hitman to kill him so his son, the aforementioned Buster Murdoch, could collect a $10 million life insurance payout. Which so dark. How do you fuck that up? Like how do the how do I come I come back to my original statement. You're already an idiot. Yeah. You know, his his accomplice was a 60 year old or 61 year old guy named Curtis Edward Smith, who admitted to being present during the shooting and to disposing of the firearm. Murdoch had previously represented Smith in a 2013 (laughs) speeding case and is believed to have provided the gun used in the shooting speeding. He represented him in a speeding case. So it's not like there's something there. This guy is so filthy. Like he's so filthy. Who gets a lawyer for a speeding case? What was he doing? And also as a lawyer. That's a ticket. It's not a case. As a lawyer, how are you flipping through your Rolodex of clients going, okay, who's going to shoot me in the head for money? Oh, I this know the like, speeding case guy. It's I'm telling you, it's it's midnight in the garden of good and evil. It's rich people taking advantage of desperate poor people. Which is ironic because Alex Murdoch's defense in this case is that uh, this is what his lawyer said. Some people took advantage of his addiction and his ability to pay substantial funds for illegal drugs. One of those individuals took advantage of his mental illness and agreed to take Alex's life by shooting him in the head. Fortunately, Alex was not killed by the gunshot wound. That makes no sense. What a spin. Anytime someone's like, oh, well, he killed him because he had access to all this money. It's like, well, how's he going to get the money then after he kills the guy? That doesn't... that. There's does not stand to reason. There's something so fascinating to me about white male victimhood mentality, because yeah. that's really what that is. And I don't try to lean into that very often because it annoys me sometimes when I hear someone talk about it. But this is just what it is like. This is the kind of person. Again, I come back to Fargo. The husband in Fargo only sees himself as a victim. Yes. And out of that proclivity, all of this horrible shit happens. Because he feels that he hasn't been given what he's due. And the whole world needs to feel sorry for this man. Oh, yeah, he made all these mistakes, but wouldn't you? Yeah. It's just, it's so gross. Yeah, and uh, police are, they're investigating the the misappropriation of funds, the death of Murdoch's wife and son, the insurance fraud. And this is the point where the investigation into the death of Gloria Satterfield was reopened. But, it's just all it's like every it's like the it's like the end of Dr. Sleep. All of the coffins are the, the, the cases are popping open and everybody's just pouring out yeah. to kill this guy. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with his lawyer's assertion that uh, it was unfortunate that this shooting didn't work because I feel like Alex Murdoch wanted it to work for sure. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But beyond all, I, I, beyond I all that, know. there's nothing really interesting about this story. It's just uh, oh, no, it's normal. Yeah, all the, it's how it's how normal people behave. Yeah, aside from all the things we've uh, we've listed off here, just a, your average cut and dry murder case. I want to know what church these people go to. Yeah, the victimized evangelical mentality. Mm-hmm. One day I'll I'll really get out there and talk about it, get it all out there. But this is the perfect. This is the tip of the iceberg. The only reason why people like this get away with or continue to recidivate in this way is because they're surrounded by people that think in the ways that they do. Yes. And it's a whole codependent community of people that all have convinced themselves that their values and way of life are under attack and the ends justify the means. And that's the way it goes. 
so yeah, that's kind of where this story is now. Is for is, now, yeah. We're still we're still waiting. I'm sure there's going to be follow ups. There's, there's. I hope nobody else dies though. Like I let's stop the death. Let's just get to the humiliation part. I'm ready for that with this story. I feel sorry for this remaining son too. Buster? Well, kind of, yeah. The one who probably hate oh, crime no, Stephen Smith. I forgot that he also almost <laughs> killed, that he probably killed the other guy. Never mind. I don't feel sorry for any of these people. Yeah, he should be. He should uh, if he did that. He uh, should go I to feel prison. Bad for, for the mom for now. We know we don't know enough. Yeah, we don't know that the mom was. I mean, I'm how sure. Do you, how she, do you not know that you're married to a son of a bitch? Well, not just that, but I'm also positive. If there was a cover up in the Stephen Smith death, she was probably privy to that. She tied her mom motorcycle the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe she's been the one doing this the whole time. God, can you imagine you have two kids and, and they, they both killed somebody within like a three year period, four year period. That's dark. It's bad luck or terrible parenting or both. Definitely. Terrible it's bad parenting. luck that they had kids and then, uh, it's terrible parenting from there. Yeah. So interesting. It's a weird it's story. It's a fascinating story. It really is. Yeah. In the worst ways. In the worst ways. Don't get me wrong. But wow. Yeah. I need to know how they got away with all of this for so long. It's It's got to just be a power dynamic and them having influence in the area. Because yeah. like you said, this this is a family that goes back a long, long time in that area. And they're all learned no. lawyers. And they will like. They can mess with people in so many different ways. Yeah, it's always interesting when someone with that kind of power reaches a situation like this, where the power starts running out, and then we get greedy. to see he got he got careless. I mean, there's the pride comes before the fall. I mean, there's this is tales all the time. This is like King Lear shit. Seriously, like this is a King Lear like story, no question. And I don't. Like, I get that, sure, he had an opioid addiction, but I don't buy that that played into any of this because an opioid addiction, uh, obviously, it's a bad thing, but it also seems like something this guy could afford. Well, let me tell you something. If opioid addictions are that dangerous, then we have a bigger problem on our hands, don't we? Yes. Like, if that's the precedent that gets set in this case, which they won't because of what I'm about to say, so much money is going to have to get spent on treating opioid addictions. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's why they won't do that. They'll, they'll, they're not going to, I mean, it's a, it's a PR thing, but I think this guy, he, there's no, there's no way out of this now. No, no. Something's, like, something's going to happen to this guy. Mm. I could, And it'll be interesting to find out who's actually responsible for the murders of the, the wife and son. Yes. Who's actually responsible. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be a revenge thing. Me too. I think it's going to be one of these families that did not get justice for their loved one. And they're like, all right, I'm going to fucking kill your wife and kid then. Which, uh, not the ideal way to handle that, but no. I understand the motivation. Listen, I too love the movie Sicario, and that's basically how it ends. So Yeah, the first Sicario. The second one is just... Immig- I don't even... No, no, no. I don't think about that. It's immigration propaganda. Anti-immigration propaganda. Yeah, the first one is so good, though. The first one rules. The second one is absurd nonsense about it's weird. Mexican people smuggling ISIS across the border. It's like, that doesn't. That's shut that's up. It's not, not how it works. So, uh, I think that's a sewed. Right? We covered a lot in this sode. We got through a whole lot of that. And uh, we'll keep you updated. 
I think that at this point, I think everyone's going to know any updates that happen from here. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. uh, it's turning into a huge story. And now it's, now it's on everyone's radar. Again, if you want to hear this same story, but about 14 hours longer, <laughs> you can check out the Murdoch Murders podcast. Uh, you know, it's a podcast. It's got a lot of a lot of information. It has all of the information. Yeah, when I say it's a minute by minute account, it is minute by minute. It's uh, Detective Moore placed a phone call at nine forty five a.m. At nine fifty five a.m., he stopped at Dunkin' Donuts and picked up a Boston cream and a medium well, listen, coffee. It's an hour on all of on each murder, which is fair. That's what yeah. a lot of these shows are. But yeah, oh, I think we'll it's see. more than that. The Stephen Smith thing is three. You're right. You're so. right. Whatever. Enjoy it if you want. Yeah. Uh, But we'll we'll link to a bunch of resources where you can read up more on this and uh, we'll see how it goes. Who knows? Not not great, Bob. Not not the best. Not not the best position for this guy to be in. No, he uh, he has set himself up for some major problems. Like, if you have shitty kids, just let them be accountable for what they do. Otherwise, your life becomes this. If my son makes a mistake like that. He's going to, he's going to live with it. Yeah. yeah. I love him no matter what. doesn't matter. That's the sad part is I feel like parents put so much of their own identity in their own children. And that's how we get these weird situations. It's like, oh, well, if my son gets in trouble, what does that mean for me? Right. And it's like, well, this is why your kid is a soul is like emotionally hobbled to begin with because you never allowed them to be a person. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. We should go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned. Until then, uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Don't murder people. Do not murder people. Stay away from opioids. Don't get hooked on opioids. Don't. Just don't. Just don't. I would argue you shouldn't. I would also argue you shouldn't. Two shouldn'ts on this episode. We are on the same page. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to plug. No. Um, I'm launching a sub stack soon so you can pay me to write. It's uh, it's called Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Friends. Uh, That'll be up. Subtle. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be on the lookout for that bolo. And uh, I think that's it. Should we, should we get out of here, Caitlin? Definitely. Hey, Caitlin, mm-hmm. say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. We love you. Goodbye.